a trend, you'll know he'll attend. Oh shoot, oh shoot. your boy did it again. You're now listening to Bobby and Friends. Bobby and Friends. Bobby and Friends. You know, take a stand, take one to master something very different. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bobby and Friends. And I know I had taken about a week of break uh, and that was just, you know, because I was on spring break, so I just wanted to detox and take care of my mental health and whatnot and feel good. Uh, but I'm back now. I'm back and welcome to another episode. And on this episode, I got a very special guest, my college roommate, the Bond, James Bond. I ain't playing with y'all. Truly, that is my college roommate's name. So I got James Bond on today. And you're going to learn a little bit about, you know, just his life and growing up in Oklahoma and coming to D.C., sort of some of the interests that he has around technology and technology's possible impact on, uh, on society. You know, we're talking about labor, we're talking about discrimination when it comes to sort of technology. Um, and yeah, just a lot of the take about some of his interests and, you know, his views on DC and whatnot. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. And again, make sure to follow me at Bobby underscore X underscore friends on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure to share with your mama, your daddy, your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. If you're in an entanglement, share with your entanglement partners. Whatever you in, you know, just share it with your friends and frenemies, enemies. But we don't have enemies on this podcast. We only got friends. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoy this podcast. And, yeah, continue to tune in. Hey, James, how are you doing today? Hi, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, so, first of all, thank you for coming on to Bobby and Friends podcast. Honored to have you on. Uh, and yeah, of so course. you and I, they know that, you know, we have been roommates in college for a while now. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, it's <laughs> happy to be able to have you on this pod. And could you first just introduce yourself in terms of like, what are your names uh, and how old are you and what school do you go to? What is my name? Okay, my name is James, and my last name is Bond. So, um, you know, I, I kind of refrain from introducing myself as Bond, James Bond, because I hate the notion of that. But uh, that's my name, and I tell people it's a it's a family name. So um, we had it long before the movies, uh, and they stole it from us. Um, like... Like you said, I'm your roommate. We both know that. Um, and I'm in the SFS at Georgetown, the School of Foreign Service, um, in a major called STIA, so Science, Technology, and International Affairs. Uh, could okay. you could you talk a little bit about, you know, where are you from for those uh, who are listening and may not know where you're originally from? Yeah, so I'm from Oklahoma. I uh, grew up actually on... A tree farm, <laughs> um, so not the not a lumber yard. So we didn't cut them down; we grew them. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like there's a, there's a lot of hard work that went into that goes into tree farming that I think I I think people uh, don't know about. Um, so yeah, what, that's where I I grew up. So what exactly did you do with the trees? Like, were you just growing them just because you were a good environmentalist, or like your family was just like, hey, we just want to grow more trees. Like, is is there anything that you did with the trees, or? So yeah, we uh, we. I mean, it's a um, it's a source of income. So like, we sell sell the trees to neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. uh, we grow them up a little bit, and then we sell it to to people, right? Um, I don't know why I grew up on a tree farm. <laughs> I don't know why, what what possessed my parents to do that, but I think honestly they both are a little bit nostalgic for mm -hmm. um, 
their childhoods and kind of wanted to pass that like very Oklahoman thing of growing、yeah. up in a farm to their children. Because、mm. um, they both came from like not not tree farms, like you know, <laughs> wheat field and、yeah. cow farms. <laughs> so. And so, do you anyway, guys? And so, do you guys like live? Is that like right outside of the city of Oklahoma City, or like, are you in the? Is that close to the city, or? Yeah. So Norman is where I grew up,、um, and Norman's a college town,、um, the University of Oklahoma. So it's right. It's a suburb of Oklahoma City, and half of Norman is like the college town, very residential area, and then the other half. Norman is very like flat farmland,、mm. and I live on the the flat. My neighbors are a bunch of cows. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so you're growing up in Oklahoma,、uh, sort of somewhat Midwest、uh, or South, however people want to proclaim it as. I grew up on a tree estate or a tree farm.、Um, what what made you want to come from that kind of environment and that kind of、uh, sort of Uh, space to a place like Washington D.C. and specifically to Georgia. So my sister went to American、um, on a basketball scholarship, and I visited her、uh, a lot.、Um, I, I don't really know how I got into、um, like Georgetown specifically, but for whatever reason, we visited the area and. I just absolutely fell in love、um, with DC and with Georgetown, and、um, like it, it was my number one、um, choice. I think it's just like a great place for、um, like what I wanted to do in life, right? And like work in government and politics,、um, and lots of people in Oklahoma stay in Oklahoma,、mm-hmm. so. Um, I feel like there's very much a lack of opportunity、um, to like get out of the state and、mm-hmm. get into like government and politics.、Um, if you if you go to OU, and, and、um, go ahead. And so, and what, and so, what's that been like? Sort of, you know, coming from a place like Oklahoma, and then now you've spent at least three years. Um, in DC, sort of, what are the biggest differences、uh, that you've seen? Is there any similarities? Because you know you're here on the East Coast, and you know, just sort of, what's that experience been like of, of sort of like your experience with these two different places and regions and cultures and whatnot? I mean, DC is. I, I understand that DC isn't like the quickest paced city,、mm-hmm. um, but it's it's so much faster than Oklahoma. The、yeah. change of pace, like even. In the the tone of voice and like the rhythm that you speak in,、mm-hmm. like I I am so slow, you know <laughs> I I talk very slow. I can barely get a sentence out when somebody else when、um, somebody else from、uh, I don't know New Jersey、mm-hmm. can get out three. So、yeah. that's one difference that like I felt like things are going by very quickly.、Um, obviously, there's no like. Farmland and like really pretty sunsets, but the architecture of DC brings a whole new like aura that I absolutely love as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the last thing that is like super
uh, different between the two places is um, the mindset or like the vibe of people when they interact with each other. Um, in DC, it's very professional. It's very like oriented to like it's it's very serious. Yeah. Right. Like you're connecting, you're networking, this and that. Um, in Oklahoma, like, and you might know a bit about this too, since mm. you're from the Midwest, yep. but like people say hi to each other on the streets or like while they're pumping gas. That's just absolutely not something here. Mm. And um, I think it's a little strange to me. <laughs> no, um, yeah. I, I think I've experienced the same thing as well. It's, you know, uh, it's funny because one of our friends, because um, she's from New Jersey, um, and I remember freshman year, like I would be walking around with her on campus and like, you know, like I would stare at people and say hi, you know, because I thought that's what everybody did. Uh, and I remember talking to her about it once and she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that's just so weird. Like, you don't do that. Like, like why would you do so? Like, you're out here look like a weirdo. Like, you know, like, maybe she didn't put in those exact words, but she was basically saying like, dude, you're being strange. Like, don't do something like that. Don't do it. Come on. Uh, and so I, I definitely agree with you in terms of sort of the cultural change and, and sort of how people interact with each other, uh, you know, just random strangers. Uh, but I actually wanted to talk a little bit about how you and I met, um, just so that people also understand how we ended up becoming, you know, uh, sort of roommates in college. And so um, as with one other previous guest uh, in this podcast, I met James Bond at the United States Senate Youth Program. Um, and I remember... <laughs> I think throughout the pro, I mean, we were like in the same, like, so we had like mentor groups um, and we were in the same mentor group. And I remember, you know, you were a lot, you were very quiet, uh, very reserved. Um, but I think like a lot of us were just still stuck at the, at, at the part that like your name was James Bond. Uh, <laughs> like, I think a lot of us just still could not believe it that. No, there's no way a guy from Oklahoma's name is James Bond. Like, that can't be real. And so talk a little bit about that experience and sort of like our interaction and to just us ending up becoming uh, um, sort of roommates in college. I just have to say about the name, it's like, the, it's a, such a double-edged sword. Yeah. On one hand, I mean, it really is like, it's memorable. Like, people like me automatically yeah. because of it sometimes. Uh, which is a great thing, right? But mm. on the other hand, sometimes people are just absolutely bizarre about <laughs> that. And like nobody, um, it, you know, nothing gets past the name, mm. which is really, really strange. And um, also things will happen like um, Facebook doesn't allow me to put my <laughs> real name because it, it says it's not, it says I'm lying. I can't put James Bond, so I'm Michael Bond on Facebook. Yeah. A lot of USSYP people were, like, really confused by that, too. Um, I think that experience, I mean, we really, I feel like, didn't grow, mm. like, during that experience. Mm. Right? Like, we didn't even talk to each other yeah. that much, right? <laughs> no, like you said, I was, like, very reserved during that um, session, and I had a few people that I, like... Uh, talk to but and Bobby um, was a talker in that program I was definitely a talker so <laughs> <laughs> you were and yeah no and you definitely reached out and stuff um, but it was like it's such a neat little um, thing because like the point is not if you talked during that week it's like the connection that you yeah. made just because it's it, it's the program like mm -hmm. you were both on the program yeah. you know what I mean it's like very 
so like obviously you would be my roommate right um yeah i just it's a it's a very strange thing um but i i enjoyed the program a lot yeah and it's it's interesting because so for those of you who know how it works at georgetown it's like with roommates it's like originally like you go into it's like it's almost like a roommate dating uh what do you call it uh i guess matchmaking website portal that they have you know freshman year where you all the freshmen they fill out like these questions about their habits and what time they like to sleep and all this stuff and then basically that program basically matches you up with like potential suitable roommates if you will and I remember James and I were actually not matched. I had other people that I was matched with. Um, and I went through the names and I just, you know, I talked to a few of them. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not feeling it. And I was like, wait, you know, James Bond is going to Georgetown as well. Let me just ask him. And I remember when I asked you, you were like, thank God. <laughs> like, because we were both struggling. <laughs> no, literally. No, that process would yeah. not have worked out well mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I mean, it just was like, not to bash any of my matches right, of right. course but I just <laughs> I was like I don't know any of these people and mm. I just want someone that I, I know slightly yeah so yeah. it was it was a great thing mm. and it was you know freshman year it was definitely you know it was quite an experience uh you know obviously i was bobby was a little bit wild freshman year just a little bit tiny bit uh and so we definitely had a few experiences but you know what i always tell people like we have never had like an actual argument you know like we may have debates like political or philosophical debates but like we've never really like had like a roommate argument before um which you know i know a lot of people in college with roommates they definitely have those kind of things and so um it, it was definitely a great experience um and you know we went through a lot we 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 learned and I think we learned so much from each other. Um, and so it was a great experience. But moving on, I wanted to talk about sort of like what you're currently studying. Uh, so you say you're studying STIA in the School, school mm-hmm. of Foreign Service. Uh, could you just mm-hmm. talk to the listeners about what that major is and why you specifically chose uh, to study what you're studying? So it's a super cool major, um, in my opinion, because like it's <laughs> sort of a combination of like politics and science. But or technology but not um it's like you can choose to go and focus on like several different routes yeah um and the the route that i'm interested in focusing on are like these emerging technologies and their social implications mm-hmm. um and i know that's pretty broad as well i'm not mm-hmm. saying that it's not but like the major is so broad that it allows you to specify a little bit more um which is really cool yep and is it like um are you looking at stuff like is it artificial intelligence machine learning you know what specific technologies are you specifically specifically interested in and sort of when you talk about social impact you know you know are we talking about things like discrimination are we talking about things like labor the impact that it's going to have on labor um and, and certain labor demographics you know what sort of impact um as well as what sort of technology are you interested in um and looking more into and possibly wanting to do more research on i think that okay so i've um you know in in my studies i've sort of focused on i suppose ai but i've Mm. also written on um you know things like crispr and Mm. um you know automation in general um when i say social implications i 
do mean all three of those things yeah. automation right mm. and of course and like how that affects labor uh the labor market and um people's wages and yeah. interesting things like um you know universal basic income mm. as part of the supplemental future of work when things are automated um looking at those sorts of things looking at um uh, technologies like CRISPR, like this gene editing technology mm. and how we're in the middle of a global pandemic and it's pretty clear that we're not very prepared for another like biological event mm. uh, hopefully we'll we'll have learned some things in this one but yeah. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> <laughs> you um you can imagine that with gene ed- editing technology you can sort of contrive like a pretty lethal pretty impactful biological event by editing mm. like a pathogen yeah um so that's another social impact and you know there are a plethora of discrimination um sort of impacts mm. with artificial intelligence um and that i think is the most interesting thing to to my like what I want to do in life and also to my studies yeah. um but again it's like a very broad um subject area mm. well you know i think you know i would say that i'm glad that you're studying that and that you know we do have students in, in those majors and and sort of we're exploring sort of the impact of technology and sort of the development and advancement of of the new technology sort of the impact that it's going to have um on different social arrangements and what not and it's interesting uh, i don't know if you've seen some of the uh sort of house as well as senate hearings with um facebook ceo uh twitter as well as google um and, and sort of seeing some of those questions that sort of those senators and um uh, representatives were sort of pose at them and and sort of how much our lawmakers lack a lot of you know knowledge or enough or competent uh, understanding of sort of the impact the different sorts of technologies are having on society but also how those technologies operate in the first place and function uh, so you know have you seen any of those uh, hearings at all yeah of and, course and sort of what was your take on that because you know as a person who's studying these things you know you know what are you thinking when you're seeing sort of the lawmakers you know the people making the laws actually don't understand how these technologies work yeah no i i think it's alarmingly humorous yeah. i would say that <laughs> i think i think you know how how are we supposed to expect that these um i guess decision makers right mm-hmm. who are making or should be making important decisions over how we as a society are going to interact with these technologies and algorithms and social medias and big tech companies but if they don't even know how to do a live stream on fake facebook or understand what like this very simple yeah. social media mechanism is or does then how are we supposed to expect them to like create expansive <laughs> you know comprehensive and intricate social media policies and policies surrounding big tech and mm-hmm. when it gets down to um like processes that are pretty intricate like say credit 
underwriting or credit mm-hmm. scoring, right? Which banks are already starting to implement. Um, and like, if we don't use the right algorithms um, and AI models in those credit scoring mechanisms, it has the potential to like discriminate for, um, a, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. and the AI is under this like guise, this veil of machine neutrality. Yeah. Um, so that all that huge rant is to say that we're pretty unprepared and I think we mm-hmm. need people in this area um, looking at these issues and a little bit more knowledgeable about these issues than our current lawmakers are. Yeah. And, you know, I have, I've been reading a book called Race After Technology. Um, I forgot the author. I'm going to look for the author's name, but uh, it's called Race After Technology. Um, and sort of the author in there talks um, about how, you know, just sort of going to this point about why it's so important that those making the decisions need to be sort of competent and understanding sort of the impact of advanced technology and the current technology sort of functions and different mechanisms. Um, but as well as the problems that may arise of out of the development of new technologies, you know, they were sort of talking about this idea that, you know, with all these sort of AI and machine learning uh, sort of technologies, when you look at glitches or what people or what people may consider as glitches or sort of small issues, um, a lot of times you will have those sort of making those technologies be like, oh, that's not as big of a deal. It's just a small thing. But with these sorts of technologies, like one small glitch could have such a huge impact on a set of demographic when you talk about facial recognition technology uh and, and you're just talking about all these other sort of artificial intelligence technologies that they're using to be able to uh help judges make decisions about you know whether somebody uh should be put um on parole or not whether somebody's gonna whether a certain offender is gonna actually go back to prison after they're let out you know sort of all these different things of you know we already live in a society that has racial bias, that has all of these sort of social issues. And when you're sort of replacing human beings with machines and with uh, sort of technology to do this work that human beings are supposed to do, you really have to make sure that you're being as careful as possible uh, and that every single small detail and small issue and small glitch is being looked at as a potential huge long-term sort of issue. And so I think what that is sort of I think you're right. It's it's really difficult for those of us who are looking at some of these things. And it should be concerning to everyone that those in positions of power are not understanding these things that which are very complex and have the possibility of of impacting our lives um, in in both a very extremely positive way, but an extremely negative way as well. Uh, So, you know, I think it's interesting that you're studying uh, technology and sort of the the social implications of it. Um, But with that sort of where do you want to go with this? Is this something that you would want to do, you know, post-undergrad? Is this something that you would like to actually have a career in? Sort of what would you want to do with sort of this knowledge and sort of these, this, these sort of questions that you're looking at and probing when it comes to technology's impact on social, impl- sort of technology's social implications? Yeah, okay. First of all, the, the book that you um, mentioned earlier, uh, by Ruha Benjamin. Yes, yep. it's That's so good. Oh mm. my god, yep. so good. I recommend. Um, 
And I got to be honest to answer your question. I don't have it all figured out, yeah. Bobby. But <laughs> um, I'll say that uh, I want to do some of this stuff in my career. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it looks like. Yep. Um, I think that idealize, I idealize um, as of right now, like something with consumer protection Mm -hmm. um, against these big tech companies um, as well as against some of these implementations of AI Mm -hmm. and other like technologies into systems that um, could harm people. Yep. Um, But then on the other side of that same coin, like overseeing how those same technologies can um, benefit people mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways, um, including marginalized groups, historically marginalized groups. So I think that's sort of what I'm interested in looking at in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really exciting stuff, but we got to be careful with it. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to see where you go with that. Um and again, thank you for talking about that with sort of our audience members and, and whatnot. But I wanted to dive into sort of this is one of my favorite parts about the podcast. Just sort of some speed round questions about life in DC. Because uh, clearly that's what this podcast is mostly about. Um, and so the first question is, uh, what is your favorite place or spot to hang out in DC? Oh my god, I'm not, again, it's a Southern thing. I'm not very, it's the Oklahoma thing. I'm not very good at answering questions <laughs> speedily, but uh, the Georgetown waterfront. I'm just going to say that. Okay. It's very nice. <laughs> it is nice. with yeah. rats, yes, but right. very nice. <laughs> it is a nice place. Um, and, okay, well, this one, James, if you don't answer the right if you don't give me the correct answer, then I guess, you know, there's no potential of us ever being roommates ever again. Um, Georgetown cupcakes are baked and wired. Oh my God, baked and wired. All right, all right. I guess there is another chance of us being able to be roommates. Uh, so, do you have a favorite brunch place? Hmm. Um, oh my God, I don't even know the name of it. It's like a baked and wired it's owned by baked and wired a baked joint that's okay. what it is <laughs> i don't think i've ever been i guess i'll have to check it out at some point yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go together so. we'll definitely have to do that uh what do you love about dc <laughs> um i love the architecture oh, yeah. i do isn't it like isn't it don't you sometimes when you're around dc don't you feel like as if you're almost like in a european city or like in a just not america like do you get that vibe sometimes from the architecture it's very regal it's very like posh Mm. um in some places and in other places it's like very approachable um and i i don't know i just like it i agree with you right yeah um and i'll say that when i i I hated running in high school and Mm. when i went to college i still hated it for a second but when I started to run like in the streets, like through DC, mm. I like I love it, you know. And I think it's just because of the vibe of the buildings and the city. Mm-hmm. And you know what? While people are running around DC, you know, you can always listen to Bobby and friends if you like to. It'll probably help you 
continue on uh, and not give up. Uh, and what do you hate about DC? There's got to be something, James. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I love the city, but... I love the... Well, okay, look. I don't like the rats. I mm, will say those yep. scare me quite a bit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I always say George, I mean, Georgetown students suffer from rat PTSD. They do. <laughs> the rats are very... They're very large, especially in Georgetown, I feel like. And, um, and a final question. DC statehood, yes or no? Yes. All right. Well, see, that's why he's my roommate, folks. Um, always make sure you have roommates that are hip, are hip. Uh, but it's okay if you don't want Dizzy Statehood. That's your business too. We we support a various viewpoints we support that we like for people to have different viewpoints but nonetheless we do support dc statehood on this pod james again thank you for coming on um it's been an honor of my college years being your roommate uh and i hope it's the same for you <laughs> if it's not that's oh okay God, it definitely <laughs> is. thank you for having me this is fun and shout out to eileen because i know she's gonna be like yo what about me y'all not gonna include me but shout out to eileen as well uh but again thank you for coming on to bobby and friends you're welcome thanks bobby all right ciao